Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast Thursday edition. I have a special guest with me this week. If you heard last week's episode, hear me tease out uh, this interview that I am going to do today with Josh Smith. Josh is our outreach director here at Mission City Church and recently returned from a trip to Brazil, which I'm super excited to catch up with him about, hear how it went, some things that God did. But for now, just Josh, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good. Weather's great. Yes, it's a beautiful day here in Kansas City. Love it. Loving it. Yeah. So, uh, well, have you had any, uh, do you have to reacclimate as you get back? I know you're only gone for like a week, but is there any, <laughs> is there any, uh, what's the, what's jet lag when you return? I don't know. How are you doing? Jet lag was all right. Uh, it was only an hour time difference, but it kind of really messed with me for some reason. So I don't know. I'm still pretty tired and trying to catch up on rest. And then I think like, just, this is a little bit more intentional or like serious, but Brazil culture is like way more slower paced and it's been kind of quite the adjustment coming back to just right back into the thick of things. Ah, yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. A little slower pace seems seems nice. So you, I mentioned you were the outreach director here at Mission City. Uh, Do you want to tell just the audience a little bit about what that role entails, kind of what you do, what your responsibilities are with that position? Yeah. So here at Mission City, um, I think the way that we kind of view outreach might be a little bit different, at least a little bit different from what I have experienced in my churches. Um, But what we really want to do is help people identify, people in our church identify um, the people at their work or school or in their neighborhoods um, that need to hear the gospel. Um, We want to help people in our church identify kind of their passions or just maybe even causes that they're burdened for um, and kind of just equip them and resource them. Um, to go out and meet those needs um, and share the gospel with the people around them. Um, And so we don't really create a lot of specific programs or things that we do, but we are really just trying to drive home like God has equipped you. He's burdened you. He's um, given you certain passions that help meet um, where uh, maybe like non-believers or the lost currently are. Yeah, and so we've recently kind of launched this initiative uh, where w- people can apply for a grant, say there's something going on in, in your life that you're passionate about, you feel like God's led you to, and you want to you know, apply for certain funding or whatever it may be that Mission City can help out with. Uh, there's a process that we now have in place where you can apply for uh, funding or, what, it, like I just said, you know, resources to be able to, to further that, which I think is a really cool program. Um, part of what you were talking about, you know, being a church plant, we don't necessarily have the the manpower to necessarily do all the programming that maybe some of the larger churches can do or to be able to run all of that. And, um, but, but we can still empower the people that God has put in our church to uh, do what he's called them to do. And so that's kind of the, the avenue that we go with doing that. Uh, but it's not just local here. We have, you know, people abroad as well that we help support and that we want to see the the mission of God flourish and move throughout the world. And uh, that's more what we want to focus on today. So uh, you were headed to the Amazon, head to Brazil. We have partners there uh, who we are currently helping to fund and support and the mission that God's called them to do. Can you tell me a little bit more about what they're doing 
maybe what got them started there, um, how they're kind of how God's moving currently, and why we partnered with them in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, um, I would say, like a couple of partners there. So we have Nate and Rox Miller. They are missionary partners from the United States, um, and they actually partner kind of adjacent to us uh, with a Brazilian pastor couple named Wanderson and Juliama. Um, and what both of these these couples or these pairs are really interested in is um, bringing basically like the gospel to places that don't have a church. Um, and so I think what's really cool about our partnership with both of them is that, uh, you know, like Jake just said, we're a church plant here at Mission City. Um, we're really focused on discipleship. Um, and so I think what's cool is Nate and Rox and then Wanderson and Juliama are basically working to ultimately plant a church um, in a community that just doesn't have that. Um, and so I love uh, kind of this idea of as a church plant here in the United States, we're helping plant churches abroad. Um, and I just think that's a really great um, model. I think also too, like Nate and Rox's relationship with Wanderson and Juliama is very much um, like a partnership in the sense that um, Nate and Rox want to really empower Wanderson and Juliama as Brazilians to reach Brazilians. Um, and so I think that's a really cool aspect too, where, um, I think in my experience going on short-term mission trips, you kind of bring the group of Americans there for like two weeks and then kind of come back to the U S. Um, but what Nate and Rox are really doing by investing in kind of this partnership with Wanderson and Juliama is creating, um, somewhat more like stability and like, um, the ability to relate to other Brazilians like in a culture and in a similar language and things like that. So, yeah, I love that. I think that's something that that's a tension that I've felt in my past, past experiences with short-term trips. It's like you get in, you just start to know people, you make some connections, maybe you have a project that you're working on or whatever, but it feels like there's always something that's just kind of like lacking or missing in those. And um, in some ways they're almost more about the people that go or more mm -hmm. for the people that go than the people that they're there to serve. And so the fact that we have the opportunity to, you know, support and come alongside those that are there. And I love what you said about being a, a church plant that is helping to plant churches. I think that's mm -hmm. a really cool vision and a vision that they have that um, I, I'm glad that we support. I think it's encouraging to hear that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe if you're listening to this, you're part of our church and you didn't know that, that we do that. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I hope that's encouraging to you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how long have they been in the area? Do you know that off the top of your head? Yeah, so um, when we went last year, I think that was kind of the very beginnings of their um, work in the particular community that they are trying to plant this church in. Um, so it has only been maybe a little over a year that they have been working in. Jaca de Quara is the name of the community. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty short amount of time yeah that's awesome and we're already seeing movement or you know fruit coming from yeah. from that which is which is amazing yeah so this is your second trip you're pro now you've been back and forth a couple times <laughs> what does travel to brazil look like if, if i'm a person who i don't know maybe i'm interested in in coming going to the going to brazil going to the amazon to check out what this is like or uh you know i've never been outside the country on a mission trip like you know travel so what time was your first flight uh when you left to get to go to brazil <laughs> okay so this year uh the first flight wasn't until like 2 p.m or something but then that meant that we got to brazil at like i think it was like 5 a.m the next okay. day yeah um the reverse, I think, kind of happened last year where our first flight was super early, like 5 a.m. here. 
Um, and then we still got to Brazil at like 5 a.m. the next day. So I don't know how that works, like okay, how travel really works. But. So somewhere between like 15 <laughs> to 24 hours yes, of travel yeah, involved. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And they're just, they're Eastern time zone, right? It's just one hour different from what yeah, we're right here? I think here. so, yeah. Okay. And so that that you have that full day of travel, you get in, where do you, like, do you, did you stay with, with Nate and Rox then when you first got to Brazil? Is that how that works? Yeah, we stayed with them um, when we first got there. Um, the last two times that we've gone, honestly, it's like we land, we go to Nate and Rox's house. You kind of like clean up after, you know, traveling or whatever, um, grab breakfast. And then we're pretty much off to, <laughs> to either get on the boat or get in the car to get to the boat or, or whatever. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. Once you land, you're kind of hitting the ground running for sure. Okay, great. So what's life like in Brazil? What's like, what's, you know, obviously there where they live is probably a little bit different than maybe where you, I don't want to jump ahead too far here, but the boat <laughs> and the, where you travel to, but you know, what's life like when you first get there? Is it relatively similar or what are you eating? Give me the full picture. <laughs> okay. Uh, so where Nate and Rox live, they live in a city called Manaus. Um, which I believe is one of the two biggest cities that it's not on the coast in Brazil. Um, so I think there's like at least over 1 million people or whatever in the city. So it's a pretty big uh, city. It's pretty vibrant. There's a lot going on. Um, I don't know. There's like, it's not a grid like here in Johnson County, the streets, <laughs> the streets are just kind of curving everywhere. And uh, you know, the traffic is pretty chaotic and um I don't know. For me personally, uh, my my mom's from the Philippines, so it reminds me a lot of the Philippines. Um, so maybe another uh, way to like think about it is if you've ever been to a city in like South America or Latin America, it's pretty similar to that. Um, a lot of concrete, I've noticed. They love to use concrete everywhere. Um, and then there's pretty much a Catholic church um, pretty much everywhere you go. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So then, okay. So that's kind of the makeup of the city. You said that typically you're not there very long. That what's the next transition from there? <laughs> yeah, the next transition is kind of the the culture shock, basically. Gotcha. Uh, but basically, um, what we did this year was we drove to a smaller city. Um, it was a five hour. It was supposed to be a five hour car ride. It's a two way highway through the jungle, the Amazon. Um, then, five hour drive through the jungle yeah pretty much through the jungle oh my god um, there was a point where i didn't see this but everyone else in the car claimed that a snake basically crossed the street in front of us um i wasn't a witness but there were several eyes okay so trustworthy okay. people kind of validating sure. it it is the jungle it is the jungle i guess it could happen yeah naturally a snake yeah. just going across yeah okay. yeah but two-lane highway apparently a truck tipped over at some point so uh this five-hour car ride ended up being a 10-hour full day trip oh my gosh. um yeah so but eventually we got to a smaller city um called itaparanga um it's kind of on this area where the river the amazon river curves around it um so that's where we stayed the night and then we hopped on a boat the next day and launched from that particular city Okay, so I have talked with Russell. He's been to Brazil and Amazon a number of times through other partners previously. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to other people who have taken these boat rides, and I feel yeah. like I never have gotten a clear answer on what this boat is actually like. So can you describe, is it like, like 
I'm a lake kid. When I think of a boat, I have a very different picture in my mind. I would imagine of what you're saying when you say boat. So I think the closest thing in my mind would be like a houseboat. That's like pretty flat, like, you know, pontoon style almost. Is that somewhat accurate? Yeah. So (laughs) kind of referring to the lake, what comes to mind is that, that like weird houseboat that has the slide. So there's like the two decks. Yes. It's like the pontoon like that. Yes. Um, It's like a really big version of that. Okay. And it has like a kitchen, bathrooms and showers. Um, There might be like the captain's quarters with like a little bed and things like that. Um, The one that we were on had two stories. Uh, both had roofs. Um, But the bottom on the bottom was like the kitchen and where we would eat. Um, and then on the top is where we would put all our hammocks. So it was just kind of a really big open space. Um, and so we would all put kind of our hammocks up there and sleep there at night. And it's just a flat top of the boat that has like poles for you to set the hammocks up on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the picture's starting to come clear in my mind. (laughs) So then on the, on the bottom floor, how far is the water from the edge of the boat? Like, are you elevated out of the water pretty decently, or is it like water's right kind of there on the side of the boat? Yeah, it's pretty decently. Um, when you are like leaving the boat to get to shore, you have to kind of like climb down. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And the reason why I bring that up is because you mentioned on Sunday uh, a couple weeks ago about how this is like the nickname in English is like Land uh, of the Crocodiles. Yes. Yeah. So I was, when I'm picturing like, you know, a boat that's like a houseboat or whatever, typically the, the bottom floor is like just elevate just above the water so i'm like are crocodiles just like <laughs> a, a, able like to climb onto this in, yeah. yeah you just you know have to worry about a guest yeah. at night um so you know it's a little bit elevated you're that's not something that you worry about yeah no not at all okay did you ever see a crocodile we didn't this year uh last year we went on a little night excursion i guess you could say where we were trying to see crocodiles uh, all we were able to see from a distance was like the reflection of their eyes sure. in the flashlight but okay they're there so. all right yeah. yeah sure land of the crocodiles you'd imagine that land they have the some yeah so how far how long did you were you on this boat for yeah so launching from itaparanga to jacare quara which is the community that the missionary partners are working in uh this time it was only a five hour boat ride um compared to last year where it was about 20 <laughs> so um, it was quite the difference um what's interesting is on the way back it actually took seven um because I think of the currents and things like that. So, um, I don't know. We're kind of at the mercy, I think, maybe of the Amazon River, which makes sense. But this, these boats have motors, right? There's yeah. engines here, power? Okay. Correct. Got it. Yes. Yeah, sure. You're, yeah. you're making me wonder if there's like a group of people underneath paddling <laughs> you. Just along. paddling it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, what I'm trying to. Okay. So, you've flown now like 15 <laughs> hours. You had a 10 hour car ride that was supposed to be five. Yeah. Now you're in a boat for five more hours yeah do you just feel like this is just you constantly in motion you were talking earlier about how things you know it's a slower pace around there (laughs) apparently they just travel slowly or just like i don't know that sounds that sounds like a tough transition yeah that first bit is definitely just getting there i think that speaks though to the i don't know how distant this particular community is Ah. um I don't know. The community that they're working in is definitely right along the river. And this is kind of what it takes to get there. Yeah. And when you like the way you say that this community Mm -hmm. and that far away from a major city, I'm starting to get at least a picture in my mind of 
this is a pretty remote village. Like this is not, you know, a town that you've ridden in this boat to. This is like a very rural, probably not something that we would necessarily experience here in the States on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think at one point someone told us that there was 40 households and that's how they are kind of like counting the population basically. Okay. Um, which I don't really know what that no means or yeah, like yeah that's like that's like a weirdly like a biblical uh yeah. you know counting system where it's yeah. like that we only count like the head of the, like the the male figures or you know yeah. five thousand men were fed is like okay well how many people you know yeah, but, how many people yeah, is that right. yeah um and so what's super interesting is it's built around a soccer field so the soccer field is like the Naturally. core central thing yeah and so then there's like this sidewalk that's paved that goes all the way around the soccer field and then the houses are kind of on the opposite side um, of the soccer field along the sidewalk. Um, there's no cars. There's not a road in and out of the community. Um, there's no, I've never seen like, or noticed a store or anything like that. Um, How'd they get a soccer ball? Did they just, these are the, que- these are the questions, Jake. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You, you're asking that you're asking yourself that yes. as you pull yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then, what are they, what does life in the community look like? I mean, it sounds like very primal in a way, like, but there's a community there. So what does it look like? Yeah. I feel like that's also interesting is that description does paint this kind of like primal, like, I don't know, perspective of it. Um, there are people that it it seems like they commute somewhere else to work on boat. Um, Mm -hmm. so they like leave on these kind of like faster paced boats to get somewhere else in, do whatever they do i guess um there was one person that we talked to like this is just kind of an example maybe to give a picture of what people are doing but we went to a community or like a house within the community and we were like can we speak to whoever's like the owner or like the parent of this home and they're like oh well that person's actually out gathering like the fruit or whatever or like fishing and doing whatever to get the food um for that particular day um they have electricity maybe for like an hour or two during the, the evening. Um, so they kind of flip it on for dinner. Um, each time that we've been there, I guess the two times we've been there, there's always been a, the Brazil national team is playing a soccer game and they will definitely time up flipping on that generator for that game, um, which is always kind of fun to kind of watch. Um, but yeah, um, that's I think kind of what the adults are doing is like what we notice is there's not really a lot of adults like in the community during the day because they're either out working or it seems like potentially fishing or gathering their food for that particular day or the next few days. Okay. Um, the kids, there is a school, um, but they kind of do this alternating thing where a group of them goes in the morning and then it seems like in the afternoon they're potentially helping their parents do whatever they're doing. And then it flips where the the next group that wasn't in the morning goes to school in the afternoon. So, hmm. yeah. And teachers are on in the community or they, I think you mentioned maybe teachers come from the city to, to come and, and to teach there. How does that work out? Yeah. So like, obviously I probably don't really know the extreme details of any of it, but um, the teachers that we spoke to aren't from Jaca de Cuara. They came from Itabarango, which is the city that we launched from. Um, so it seems like the government is probably contracting them to come to these smaller, more rural or um, remote communities um, to teach in the schools that the government is running. Um, 
but yeah, that's kind of, I think how that works. Okay. And so what is it about this community that brought you guys there and what kind of, what kind of work were you able to do or see while you were there? Yeah. So I think there is, there was an initial connection between our resilient partners, Wanderson and Juliama. I think there's some sort of family connection, um, to the community, but, um, I think just kind of in general, there's definitely like a couple of church buildings. Um, it doesn't seem like they have uh, recurring services and there's not really a pastor in the community kind of leading them or anything like that. Um, and so I think the, I don't know, the drive or like why we're working in that community is because a lot of these people seem to know the name of Jesus and maybe like at a really high level what he did, but they don't know him personally. They don't know what it means to like live and follow Jesus. Um, and so I think that's kind of where the gap is, is that I think I talked about this on Sunday, but there's like a difference between evangelized and discipled. Um, and I think they're in this kind of like evangelized column uh, where what we would want or hope for them is to become disciples of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So going from the evangelized to the discipled to, to see that take place, I, I'm sorry, I, maybe there's a disconnect for me here. Were Wanderson and Juliama, were they with you on the trip? Did, were Nate and Rocks with you? You had, they were part of the group that all went, correct? Yeah, so that was kind of what was really cool and special about this trip is Nate and Rocks came for sure. Um, Wanderson and Juliama were there. Um, but Wanderson and Juliama wanted to bring several members of their church from Itaparanga. Um, so it was a really cool um, trip because it was like 15 Brazilians came with us because they wanted to basically learn or experience how to um, build those relationships, have those spiritual conversations uh, with the hope of returning and like discipling people. The the mission trip within the mission trip. Yeah. We've got like a Russian nesting doll situation here where you've come for a mission trip, but they're also a part of yeah. a smaller mission trip taking place at the same time alongside you. Yeah. Some inception types. Perfect. Stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Chew on that for a minute. <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome. So, I, and I think that goes back to that idea of planting a church yeah. with the locals, you know, right? Like yeah. it's one thing for you guys to come in and try to disciple, but to see fellow Brazilians come in and share, you know, their experience being discipled mm -hmm. and things like that. I think that's so much more powerful and, and has so much more chance to uh, be sustainable yeah. uh, locally there. So I, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was even thinking about this um, like while we were there, but you know, I had mentioned that there aren't really like jobs or like stores within the community. And that's my big, like, idol honestly is like work and like getting my worth from work and things like that that I've been kind of wrestling with um and like I think God has done some amazing work but that's not super relatable to this community right so um having the Brazilian team there that had probably more culturally relevant ways to relate to the Brazilians the other Brazilians um was super helpful and like really cool to watch them have those conversations and build those connections and stuff yeah uh, I'm so what it, so through seeing all of that, were there any stories, anything that, that comes to mind like that you would like to share just ways that you saw God move while, while you were there? Yeah. <laughs> so many, so many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's try to take it through like maybe day one, day two, or how long did you, how long were you actually there at that, at that community? So we were actually in the community for about four days. 
um, this time. So last year we went, it was kind of during the work week. And this time we tried to very much target a weekend. Um, And I think because of that, we saw a lot more opportunities for conversation. Um, People were just there and available and ready to welcome us in. Is Um, it a pretty welcoming culture overall? That's a good question. I think generally like Brazilians are very friendly. um, And I've kind of like had that experience even outside of these particular trips. Um, But I think they're... What I did notice, I think, this year compared to last year was the people in the community were more receptive to us and also just like welcoming us into their homes, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't really remember going into a home last year. I think that speaks, though, to the work that Nate and Rox and Wanderson and Juliama have been doing over the last year um, is that people are like now a little bit more receptive to welcoming welcoming us and their team in. Sure, sure. So... What was what was an experience inside of someone's home that maybe you know brings a memory back to you? Yeah, so I I think this will go a little bit against what I just said about there weren't a lot of cultural connections. <laughs> so just forgive okay. me, <laughs> yeah, because okay. I was really excited about this one. But um, the translator that was with me and I kind of went to this home of uh, a couple who they're both teachers. Um, And they had another teacher friend who was there in the home. And we just kind of like, you know, we were outside their gate and they invited us in. We brought some coffee and some like pastries and things like that. So we were just kind of enjoying some coffee and some time chatting. Um, And the friend that was there was immediately like, hey, I like study philosophy and like um, social sciences when I went to the university, which is kind of like my world (laughs) a little bit um, because I studied political science and things like that. So. Um, he just wanted to ask a lot of like kind of philosophical questions about God and like the nature of God, um, the good life, things like that. And so he even brought out like all these books from like Aristotle and like Nietzsche and stuff like that. So, um, that was just like a really cool experience because like I said, my fear was like, I won't connect with anyone here. And like the very first person I talked to, um, we had something that we could kind of just chat through and talk about. Um, which was really cool. Um, he kind of like, honestly, we were in this home for like three to four hours just chatting away. Um, but he kind of eventually left to go back to his place. Um, and that, that left us with the the teacher couple. Um, and kind of from there, we just were chatting with them and they were like, yeah, we're Baptists. Like we're Bible believers. Um, we, um, I think the, the woman in the couple was like, I actually teach religion to the high schoolers here in this class or in this community. Um, And so we got to talk about that and kind of how it's been hard for her where a lot of the kids don't have a concept of like sin or even who God is. Um, So it was just like really helpful. I think information um, that we then like relayed to kind of our missionary partners of like, Hey, this is kind of the perspective of the teachers of what, the kids understanding is here in the community of these like spiritual concepts. Um, but yeah, it was just a really cool opportunity. I will say, uh, they were facing away from their window and facing towards us. I noticed just this big spider just kind of like slowly, like creeping across the wall the entire time we were talking to them. Um, they were very unfazed by it, but I was keeping an eye out for it. I lost it eventually, which is kind of a panic moment, but, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, the locals, you know? They're, yeah. No big deal. They're okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you'll get there. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> Take enough trips. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it. Yeah. You're just not worried about the huge spider in yeah. the window. Totally fine. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, what else? So, like, I know that you shared a, a pretty powerful story um, mm-hmm. about, you know, the man whose family was baptized. Yeah. Did you see any other... Uh, you can check out, you know, our full length episode, um, our, our sermon, um, to, to get that, uh, from a couple weeks ago, but was there any other, from like a spiritual standpoint, any, um, anybody that gave their life to Christ or any, um, baptisms or things like that that you witnessed while you were there? Yeah. So there was one night that we had, um, a service, it was led by the Brazilian team, um, which again is like just really cool to kind of empower them to do that. Um, and there were about three, I think there were three people that accept, well, there were two people that accepted Christ, one person that recommitted his life to Christ. And then there was one woman who came up to pray or like get prayer for healing. Mm. Um, this is something that I just noticed this trip as well, but, um, something that was really cool and powerful was I think God is moving in the men specifically of this particular community. Um, a lot of our conversations were with um, the men. And like I said, three of those four that came up during the service were men. Um, so I think God is just kind of like stirring in them of like, what does it mean to be like a godly man? Like, how do you, man, how do you like love your wife and your kids and things like that? Um, so that was just really cool, um, to see, um, the guy who recommitted his life to Christ was actually, uh, the guy that worked on our boat. So there was the captain and the boat hand, um, and so the boat hand Andres, I believe was his name. Um, he afterwards getting like prayer, um, and recommitting his life to Christ. Um, I was just chatting with him back on the boat, um, through a translator, obviously. Um, but he just shared like a really cool testimony of, um, he had accepted Christ um, at a young age. Um, and he had felt led by God to do missions himself. Um, and I don't think he was supposed to be on this trip with us, but he was like, I know there's a reason that God has like put me on this trip. Um, and it was basically to kind of see what we were doing and learn what we were doing. Um, and so he was like, I want to like realign my life so that I'm in line with like that purpose that God has already given me and that I know is like what God has like spoken into my life. Um, so that was a really cool conversation, especially since, one of our prayers has been like, um, this is something that we pray in the outreach team, but like bring workers like, um, Luke 10 too, I think says like the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray for workers is what that verse like commands us to do. Um, and so that's been something that we've been praying on the outreach team. And then kind of like, I don't know, Andre's like testimony and story of that was just really cool. Um, to see in here. Yeah, I love that. That's that's awesome. Like seeing not just what maybe, you know, we've talked a lot about what the missionaries locally are trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. but even what we're praying for here to take place, yeah. uh, seeing that take place is, is really awesome. Yeah, and I think just to kind of tag on that too is like that prayer isn't localized. Like I think we probably think a lot on our on our outreach team specifically that we're praying for workers as in people in our congregation or like people in our community, but God's like at work globally. Um, and so it was just really cool to see that prayer being fulfilled, like at that macro level. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So then 
from that taking taking kind of that idea a step further then so what did you see while you were there of the work that i know you mentioned how maybe there's a little bit more openness to you guys being there and your presence and all that but what other work maybe did you see of the missionaries that were there of whether it be you know Nate and Rocks or yeah. Juan or Juliama, you know, what did you see from them and their relationships that have been built with the, the community there? Yeah, absolutely. I think like, man, a little emotional, but, um, last day, um, Wanda is the wife of the, the man who got baptized with, along with like his three kids. Um, we talked about them on Sunday. Um, but, just seeing like Wanda and Nate's like connection was just like amazing. So Wanda was like so tearful that we were leaving and it was like, I know I'll see you like next month or whatever, but like, this just, we're like brothers and sisters in Christ. Like this is like what it's about. And so that was really cool to just see like that deep level of relation that, um, I think is like necessary for like discipleship to happen. Um, and so, that's just one aspect that we saw. Um, but Nate rocks, Wanderson, Juliama, they do a great job of like connecting, I think just relationally with the people that they come in contact with. So, um, we had heard kind of like the testimony of, um, a man named Joabi who, um, like I, we've talked about this on Sunday, but depression, drugs, um, just gang violence, and things like that and how God had redeemed him from that. Um, but he talked a lot about just the lies that like Satan had told him, like in the midst of that. Um, and I was able to just like watch Nate and rocks really just like speak into that, like a, a relational level of like, Hey, we've all been in this place where like we have believed something that Satan has told us. And it's like counter to what God has like declared for us. Um, and so just to watch them make like those connections immediately and like share who they are, I think is just really, was really powerful to watch as well. Um, but yeah. Well, cool. I, I appreciate you sharing all that. Is there anything else? Oh, by the way, before we move on, uh, I do want to say, so we've referenced the sermon a couple times. So if you're in this podcast feed, mosaic, the hands, uh, sermon is what you're looking for. If you want to hear more of just kind of some of the things that were shared on Sunday, uh, experience that Josh and Russell had kind of fit into the sermon series that we were doing, but, uh, I wanted to get kind of more of a fuller picture from Josh in this interview. And so, um, we're trying to kind of maybe avoid going too much into the details <laughs> of those stories that have already been shared, but if you want to find them, uh, that's the right place to go. Uh, Josh, I'm, I'm curious just as we kind of maybe come more towards the end here, uh, were there any other stories or any other things that stood out to you that you would like to share or just talk about, uh, yeah, as we kind of come to a close here? Yeah, I think one thing that I'd like to share um, is, again, kind of going back to the Brazilian team. Um, I think part of our role was supporting them to get their base, like a chunk of their church to come on this trip. Um, just to basically pay for the, like the transportation and the food and things like that. Um, and then I think there was kind of an ask to do some training on like what it looks like to have spiritual conversations and things like that. So we did that for sure. Um, but I just want to kind of like speak to how the Brazilian team, what they taught me. Um, so just some things like one thing that really stands out is um, 
we had two services while we were there and there was one where Russell preached and then the next one Wanderson preached. Um, but just kind of seeing them like on their knees praying before the service of just like expectation that God was going to move or like welcoming God into this space was just something like really eye opening to me. They are very, very, um, dependent or like in tune, I would say with the spirit and like, um, that's just something I think culturally that the American church, uh, maybe this is just a really broad brush of the American church, but just something that we're not particularly in tune with. Um, and so it encouraged me to join them in that of just like, God, like we see you at, at work here like now. And so would you like continue that work? And we expect you to like work tonight because we see you already doing it. And so that was just really cool. Um, but yeah, they, I don't know. I just love the Brazilian team. They're just so uh, fun and encouraging to talk with um, of just the ways that God is moving and how they're just like really dependent on God guiding them. And I think that's something that I personally need, um, need like in this moment, just like in my own personal life Sure, is like, how do we um, give it all up to God and just let him kind of lead um, in what he has for us? Yeah. Would you say that the Brazilian people as a whole are, are spiritual, whether it's, um, you know, uh, Christian faith or uh, just a faith in a supernatural? Um, but is there a kind of a spiritual vibe there or is that more maybe just from the Christian kind of I know you mentioned there's a lot of Catholicism, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the larger cities, maybe. But did you find even the villagers to have? spiritual just beliefs of some kind yeah and i don't think i really noticed that um i think probably the most insight i got into that was what the teacher said about the high schoolers not knowing what's sin or like god or who god is um i also know in like my own work with like international students um i've worked with some brazilian students who are very like agnostic um, so I think there's maybe just like a mixed bag in Brazil. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like, I guess I was asking that question cause I was thinking as you were talking, like, yeah, that might make a lot of sense. Like if they're very spiritual people, you know, just that mm-hmm. they would funnel that through their mm-hmm. Christian faith. But it's interesting like that just kind of maybe, and you know, I'm not, I don't think either of us are experts on Brazilian culture by no. any means. <laughs> not at all. Um, and I know that's not what you're saying, but if it's, if, if it's so that at least in your experience, it's not the most spiritual place, whether it's, you know, we're not just talking about the Christian faith, but a higher power or, you know, whatever it may be um, for them to be, but, but for their churchgoers to be very spiritual. Uh, I yeah. find that to be really interesting and, and, and encouraging, you know, like, like it's countercultural. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it would make sense to me if it was just a very spiritual place. And that's why you saw that kind of spiritual dependence come out easily, but it sounds like it's more unnatural and just kind of where their faith has led them to, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Um, well, I think that that's probably, uh, (laughs) where we'll start to wrap up here. You, so you mentioned a seven, 
hour ride back on the boat afterward yep. uh long plane ride back we're glad to have you back safe uh <laughs> thank you for all your travels and for sharing your experience with us yeah. uh, i hope that this podcast has been encouraging to you the listener and uh, i appreciate you coming on josh it's been uh, great to have this conversation i'm glad that we got to hear some more details about what happened uh in your time in brazil yeah i appreciate the opportunity i feel like i could go on and on about it so yeah Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Uh, Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. We'll be back next Thursday starting a new series, which I'm super excited about. Uh, We're looking at relationships that Jesus had with different individual people groups. And uh, who knows, you might hear Josh back on sometime soon. I don't know. Uh, But thanks again to him and shout out to all our Brazilian listeners. Uh, I know that there is a pocket of you out there that are listening in Brazil. So uh, if you happen to catch this episode, uh, we love you guys. Thanks so much for checking out this uh, episode. And yeah, we'll be back next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.